Welcome to Feeling Asian, a podcast where two Asians talk about their feelings. I'm your co-host, Youngmi Mayer. And I'm your other host, Brian Park. And today... Today... Today, today, I'm excited for our episode. I'm extremely excited. We have a very special guest. A very special guest. She is a comedian and writer for Late Night with Seth Meyers. What? Ever heard of it, young me? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, guys, please, please uh, give us your ears and welcome Karen Chi. Karen Chi. <laughs> I'm glad that we pronounced that right. I know. Thank the last you so much. <laughs> oh, Karen thank God. is hard. Thank God. When we had Nancy Wing, and it's actually Wong. Nancy Huang. Huang. <laughs> but yeah, Karen Chi. That's that's a name that is uh, very easy to pronounce. So thank you for that. Yeah, very straightforward. Thank you to my Shouts parents. to your family. <laughs> yeah, they crushed it. Uh, young me, how are you feeling? All right. So this is... Okay, so this is the thing. I took the subway over here. And God, this is so hard to talk about because I don't want it to sound like self-righteous or pretentious. But okay, so we all live in New York City. It's a very intense city. And like every, I feel like in New York, just out of nowhere, something very intense will happen. But because there's so much like stimulus and constant things that you have to just like chug, chug forward all the time, you can't like really process stuff or else you get like caught up in the sauce. So like what I'm referring to is like on the subway, there was like a homeless person like having just like in a state of distress, like physical distress. And then everybody on the subway just kind of like pushed aside to the other side of the car, just ignoring this person. Right. Yeah. And it's just very classic New York. Right. Somebody is like going through like physical, emotional distress. Everyone's just ignoring them, like listening to music, like la la la, doesn't even like register. Right. Yeah. And I also... I mean, even if it's a good thing where people are doing acrobatics and Showtime. Yeah, Showtime. <laughs> no, that... there. Showtime, which is like, I love Showtime because I'm like, this is like literally <laughs> the most impressive thing i've yeah. ever seen yeah. anyone do to do it on a moving subway is crazy and it's like yeah. a 17 year old kid yeah. just crushing life and no one gives a fuck yeah, yeah. just like whatever <laughs> man like yeah but as you were saying you, you witnessed so someone I saw something in a lot of very, distress and then you know like because i do live in new york and like we're just constantly bombarded with so much like stimulus. emotional stimulus and information like mm-hmm. you literally can't really take the time to process it and so i was like i was like sitting there and i was like I know every New Yorker has this moment where like, what the fuck is wrong with all of us? You know, like that yeah. sort of. And and I had that kind of thought and I was like, what, like, what, what do I do? What do I like? What am I doing? What am I like ignoring this person? You know, like it's just. Did like, you feel guilty that you weren't guilty. assisting this person? Well, f- is that- for some reason today I was just like, I'm going to like, you know, my, my initial like gut, like knee jerk reaction is to look away. And mm-hmm. I was like looking away and I was like, why am I looking away? And I was like looking at him and then it was like super touching and emotional. I was like, this is so fucked up. Yeah. You know? And then I was like, then I felt stupid for feeling emotional. Mm-hmm. Like it just felt like, so like, what's that? What's that self-indulgent? Like, look at me. I'm such a sensitive person. And I was like, I'm not gonna even fucking do anything. Why am I even like letting myself get emotional? And then I was like, what if I decided to do something? What would that mean? Yeah. Mm. You know? And then it's just like, and then it just over and over, I just felt bad, you, mm. bad. Like, oh, I'm not doing anything. No one's doing anything. If I was a good person, I would do something. But then even like if I was to do something, would I just be doing that to make myself feel like a good person? You know, it was just like a lot of like and then right. it was just like super overwhelming. And I just feel like that's just like <laughs> And then you missed your subway stop. <laughs> <laughs> and then I l- ended up just doing nothing. Yeah. Like always. And then like I I don't know, I just like I think every once in a while, like New York, you just like chug along like with your blinders on. But every once in a while, out of nowhere, you'll like see something and then you're just like what the fuck am I even doing? No, no, I totally. What is this? I I get that, and yeah, you know, you you start questioning and rationalizing, like, why are you not like, am I doing the right thing or am I not doing the right thing? Yeah. When I first moved to New York yeah. about five years ago, yeah. I would like entertain like street buskers or like people would hand me stuff on the street, and I was just naive, and I yeah. would like any sort of stimulus, I would engage with it. Yeah. And. now i'm the complete opposite where i just ignore everything i have a place to go i have my blinders on i'm just doing it and i almost feel like it's a it's a self-preservation and like uh 
it's a protection mechanism. It's like a survival mechanism. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. as you said, there's just so much so stimulus much. that yeah. it's, I don't even, it, it's just too draining. I don't think humans don't are the, meant to have this much like in, interaction. Like I used to live in a building that had a doorman and it was like really a huge building, right? And I just remember thinking just one day, like, cause I was visiting some suburban town with my, you know, my friend and I was like, okay, I'm going to go to the store to buy fucking whatever candy. And like, <laughs> I just go in a car, buy the candy, talk to maybe one person, come home. But like in New York, if I was going to do that, I have to walk out, wait for the elevator, interact with three people. One of them's a douchey finance guy. That's going to push me. One of them's like this, like mean woman that's gonna yell at me maybe yeah and then and i have to talk to the doorman say hello and come back talk to eight people on like bump into eight people on the street talk to the doorman again it's like so much like and then so what ends up happening when you live in new york you're just like i'm not gonna look at anyone i'm just gonna fucking go and get my goddamn candy (laughs) and try my hardest not to like interact or touch anybody right do you know because it's too much yeah like when i first yeah go on i was just gonna say i feel like there's a different social contract in new york than there are in other suburbs which makes it somewhat more okay like if i'm back home in the suburb i grew up in which is like a small quiet town yeah uh, and someone was passing something out on the street i would absolutely stop to talk to them because if i ignored them they would be like that is so rude yeah but in new york i think like if I'm flying on the street and someone just walks by and doesn't look at me, I'm like, that's not rude. That That's like just a very different set of rules. Yeah, yeah because we're all point. like at capacity. Like it's like, come on, we have to, we have so much like bombardment of social interaction that we, we can't take on anymore. Right. Yeah, that's like a really good way to put it. It's a different Social contract. contracts, that's great. We signed our lives away, <laughs> never to make eye contact again. <laughs> like when I first moved to New York, I had these lofty ambitions. I'm like, I'm gonna see my name in bright lights. And now that I am identify as a New Yorker, my new dream is just to move to the middle of fucking nowhere and just have a coffee shop. Just not have to <laughs> And talk engage to with like 10 people, max. <laughs> <laughs> So um, I didn't want to get too like deep, but it, it just, you know, you do like spiral because like it yeah, catches totally. you off guard. And then it, I did get very emotional and yeah. I was like, like, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to be emotional in the middle of the subway, like an idiot. Like, you know, sometimes it just catches you off guard. Yeah, that totally makes totally. sense. Totally. Is that, does that, do I sound pretentious? No, no, no okay. not at just, all. Not at all. That's all I wanted to say. How about you, Brian? How do you feel? <laughs> 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 i'm a terrible person right. the end. brian spiral i hate myself so much <laughs> i'm doing you're zero doing you're doing great no thank you no no i i i'm glad you said that because i feel a lot of the same things and i question my sanity as a human when i witness uh someone in distress like that yeah. and question if i'm doing the right things or not um but for me right now how i'm feeling is so i've been experiencing i've been stressed for sure. Uh, I've been, I haven't been sleeping well. Like I'll wake up randomly at four in the morning for no reason. And it's all stress related. Yeah. So, and part of it is like personal rejection too. So I've been experiencing this combination of just overall stress and then feeling rejection in both my professional and personal uh, spaces. But in the past, when I would feel these things, I would be very, I'd be so reluctant to even share that with mm. my friends especially yeah and right now you know you're tuned into some of this where i've been texting you a lot of my grievances and a lot of these uh feelings that i've been having and it's it's still like strange a little bit that i'm 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 getting used to giving myself permission to mm. just even reach out to friends in this capacity and right. tell them like hey i'm i'm feeling shitty mm. or i'm feeling stressed out like i don't know what to do we, because I would I wouldn't do that out of a fear that I'm being like burdensome to the other person. Right. It's like, oh well, like I don't wanna I don't wanna be a bub, like a buzzkill and like unload whatever this laundry is. Mm-hmm. But you know, I, I'm just grateful that I can get I gave myself permission to do that. Yeah. And you know, grateful for friends like you where you've been nothing but patient and have just been mm. listening and hearing yeah. like what I've been going through. Aww. And yeah, I mean, it's just that space I'm in right now where I'm like, oh, this, is, uh, th- it seems like natural and it should be obvious. Like, that's what friends are for. Yeah. But to give myself that agency to do that, I think it just makes me a little uncomfortable because it's like I'm really leaning into it and You've like accepting that. that that's okay. To so do that's that. new for you to have a friend that you would 
reach out to and say, oh, I feel like shit or I'm depressed or I'm going through. That's yeah. a new thing for you. Wow. Yeah. I don't know. I just, Aww. it's not, that's I, awesome I, that I'm, not trying, I'm not trying, I'm not trying to get like pity or sympathy, but it's just, no, no I don't, I, 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 yeah. I'm very, uh, I just don't want to be a burden. That's yeah, where it comes I know from. What you, mean. you know, and you know what? I do have a lot of, I'm not going to call them friends, acquaintances that give me that vibe. Like I'm like, I'm feeling bad and they're like, Ooh, that's not fun. And right, then right. they're not, and that's not like a real friend. No, but yeah. I feel like a real friend is like somebody that you go to when you're having a problem. Yeah, right? for sure. And, and then, yeah, knowing that it's okay to do that because they will also lean on you. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not like you're just using them in any way. That's yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Totally. Yeah. yeah. It's not like those like, people that we know that just want to party and have fun all the time and then they're like <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's like that's great yeah i'm glad that you feel that way yeah and also i like i don't know about you guys but like i like when friends come to me in those moments yeah. no i 100%. enjoy it yeah it's just a i i just still don't give my permission permission yeah. myself to do it like i'm more than happy to listen and right. be in the hole with whatever my friends are experiencing, mm -hmm. but for myself, I'm oh. like, I'm, I'm, it's fine. I'll just deal it with with myself. But it's right. hard, and it, you need people to vent and share these things with, and to give you like just better emotional insight onto how to deal with these feelings you're experiencing. Yeah, and also I feel like as you know, you even though you feel like a burden, when you do that to somebody else, I think they feel more comfortable too because then they yeah. can feel like they can put their guards down and then your bond becomes like more solid. Yeah. You know, it's like it's being vulnerable. Which Damn. I think real friends Damn, appreciate. Damn, our, bond, our bond is so solid right now. Yeah, <laughs> Brian. <laughs> uh, Karen. Karen. Hey. How are you feeling? I feel pretty good. Um, yeah. What have I done? I went to the gym this morning. Ooh. I started boxing. I was telling them before we started Let's recording. Let's go. Is that um, part of your New Year's resolution or just like a general? Yeah. Well, I was trying to... My New Year's resolution is to feel stronger physically. Okay. Um, nice. Great. Yeah. Because I think because I'm a very short woman i i get very scared walking around at nighttime yeah mm. and a lot of it i know is actual like it's rooted in reality of scary things that can happen yeah but i think a lot of it is just that i don't have much faith in myself in a physical physically scary situation yeah. and so i wanted to eliminate that fear and just feel more grounded in my own body mm. um and so i started boxing and this morning i took two classes so i was there for two hours what? it was very intense are and you I dying feel, no i'm good because then afterwards i went right across the street and got tacos okay. <laughs> oh, oh my God. yeah yeah yeah. but by I'm this so end weak. of the second one i was like starving and tired <laughs> yeah. that's crazy i'm so weak i would like be jello if i did that oh no i mean i'll probably feel like jello in a couple hours <laughs> when it sets into my body <laughs> right but right now i feel pretty good oh that's, that's awesome. awesome thank you that's very nice yeah that's crazy. That's a great resolution because I feel like a lot of women, especially, yeah, they're yeah. they're always like, I want to look better. But right. yours is like, I want to be stronger. Yeah, I want to feel great. like I'm using my body and not that it's like a hindrance in any way. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's right. like a really good way to put it in your head. I feel like that's like so healthy. And it's this like is an so important. And it's like an internal ambition too, whereas like it's not it's not rooted in comparison. Yeah. Which right. is where a lot of a negative. lot of people are like, I yeah. just want to look better or whatever. I want to look like John Cena. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that's who I'm comparing myself to. <laughs> too. Body goals. You know, John like my yeah. my son, my five year old son. I don't yeah. know how he's obsessed with John Cena. I have oh no idea. Like, God. how did he learn? So he's always like, I think he watches like a video people playing video games, mm -hmm. and they always scream out, and his name is John Cena. <laughs> I don't know why, and so now he runs around saying that. That's so funny. That's I hope I he does that to me when I see him next time. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just like, bald. Talk about <laughs> 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 I'm like, oh my God, are you John Cena? Yeah. He gets That's so amazing. excited. <laughs> wow. Shouts to John Cena's marketing team. I They're know, like true. target, five -year -old target demo, five-year-olds. Yeah. And also fully grown adults. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And us. It's going to stay relevant forever. Um, okay. So to, so to piggyback off of how you're currently feeling, you yes. just said that. You're crushing it. You took two boxing classes. <laughs> you had some tacos. You're yeah. feeling pretty good. <laughs> Thank you. And, you know, Karen, I've known you for a few years now. Uh -huh. And you are legitimately one of the most, like, positive. Wait, I'm so sorry to interrupt. I, you're saying a very nice thing, but I also need everyone listening to know that Brian accidentally threw his jewel uh, as he was talking. Okay, uh, carry on. My parents listened to this. Oh. And so it was Young Me's jewel it was that Young I Me's happened jewel. to be taking a single drag For off of. For some reason, Brian is holding my jewel, even though he quit jeweling. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
But yes, so the jewel is out of my hand now. Yes. And so I was going to say you are like one of the most positive and optimistic people that I've ever met. This is a cliche, but you are, you you just like radiate light and Energy. positivity. There's just, it's just good vibes all the time. That is so nice. And so I'm, I'm just curious. Yeah. Like, have you always been this way? <laughs> or, or, or is this something, uh, I mean, this should give you a clue into how I feel most times because I'm like hitting you with a cynical question here. No, but like, that's okay. Have you always been this way or is this something that you've like learned or like conditioned yourself to like being like? I think I've always been this way. Um, yeah, I was like a very, very happy kid. Um, yeah, I think I've always sort of just been the same. I do remember in high school, I was very unhappy in high school mm-hmm. and I didn't really admit that to myself for a while because I was trying so hard to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the first couple years, I was like, I think outwardly very happy because I that's sort of how I normally operated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and it almost felt like the muscle memory of that was going on. But internally, I was like, this sucks. Right. And then by the time I admitted that to myself, I was like, oh, yeah, no, this is awful. And then my junior year of high school, I was like, this is miserable. Uh-huh. And then I the one time I actively decided to do something was my senior year i realized i remember going back and reading through my journals Mm -hmm. and being like whoa i've gotten like i'm not at all as excited to wake up in the morning as i was before um and so my senior year i made like a concerted effort to start thinking positively about or like assuming the best in everybody Mm -hmm. Mm. in a weird way where i did this is so cheesy and this is sort of like a good way to know who I was in high school which is that um if I was ever walking down the street and I just saw like random people that I wouldn't talk to in my mind I would say I love you to them Mm. um because I wanted to sort of reset my brain to what it was before it had gotten upset by you know just the classic high school experience yeah (laughs) yeah um and I think that made a really big difference because it just led to me assuming like oh yeah this is probably a great person when i meet somebody right um rather than everybody sucks and people are mean (laughs) right so so you're naturally a positive person yeah i'd say so and then when you did have like a rough patch in high school Mm -hmm. you did take an effort to like go back to what you believe is like your source personality yeah which is seeing things in a positive light yeah i also felt uncomfortable not being that way like right. it, it's not that i'm scared to be sad because i definitely have all the emotions but i think it just felt like i was becoming a weird mm. um, like fun mirror per- version of myself right yeah. so this yeah. seems like the honest version of you this positive yeah that's awesome uh, yeah that's, that's it sounds like journaling helped you yeah, I love kind of journaling. Conceptualize that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't journal. Do you mm. journal, young me? No. <laughs> oh God. No, but I, uh, how long? Like that, uh, I should journal. That's my. You don't uh, have a to. Big I think it's totally. I know yeah. there's no shoulds, but yeah, yeah. it is for you. That's what really helped you realize, like, and oh, I, I, I'm becoming more distant from like my natural stasis. Yeah. And so that's this is why, like, my junior and senior year of high school, I should take a more concerted effort to like reset yeah. my thoughts and see okay and like once you so once you applied that i guess methodology where you, you just were you would see a stranger and be like oh i love you mm-hmm. you're great i see the best in you did that change like towards the end of your senior year did you find yourself going back to to normal yeah i think so i think um especially by senior year i was sort of just like heck yeah i'm getting out of here (laughs) (laughs) there was in addition to me trying to become more positive again it definitely felt like a natural upward swing of like great i i this there's a very finite amount of time i'm going to be stuck in this building can i ask you the unhappiness you felt in high school was it was it like because of your experience, how you're being treated in high school, or was it like a chemical, like puberty brain thing? Do That's you think? a great question. I think it's definitely part puberty. There was also, um, I feel very, this sounds weird, but I feel very sure of who I am as a person. Mm-hmm. And I think that I've always felt that way. Mm-hmm. And the time I lost it was my freshman and sophomore year of high school. And it right. was because, um, I don't know where it came from, but I had very like healthy self-esteem for someone who was like 14. Right. Um, and it was, I did a lot of soccer and Taekwondo and I had been doing that 
I don't know, for like however many hours a week since sure. I was in like first or second grade. And that's like who I was. Yeah. And I got to high school and I was like, I'm going to join the soccer team and I'm going to keep doing Taekwondo and do tournaments. And then I got diagnosed um, as somebody who is concussion prone, mm. which basically means my freshman fall, I had just gotten onto a soccer team that I was really excited about. Yeah. Um, and then I got two concussions within a month. Mm-hmm. And both of those times I hadn't hit my head. Like that's how easily wow. I get concussions. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, and so when I went to the doctor, she was like, you've probably gotten concussions before that you just didn't recognize Whoa. Um, and so I immediately had to stop both and it was this thing where I was like wait but that's like who Ooh. I am yeah. and oh my I God. draw value to myself externally um, and internally in a lot of ways and so I had to quit both those things I suddenly had so much uh, time to fill mm-hmm. where I was like I don't know what else I like Yeah. Um, I also physically I mean obviously puberty is hard for everyone physically but I was yeah. still used to eating at the same amount I was as someone who's exercising like 15 hours a week. Right. And then um, my body obviously changed because I didn't switch to a different sport or anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so I think, yeah, my freshman, sophomore year was just like, my body didn't feel like my own body. I didn't know what I was supposed to be doing. I didn't have the same goals uh, as I did before and right. things like that. But that's also why I started doing a lot more improv and mm. got into comedy. So it oh. worked out. Yeah. And that's how you got into comedy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thank God much. for concussion I prone <laughs> syndrome. <laughs> yeah, that's and true. And now the world has Karen G. Yeah, so if you're a parent listening and you want your child to become a comedy writer, <laughs> bonk just them bonk them on the head a few times. Oh no, you're concussion prone. <laughs> well, I've never heard of that. So yeah. I've never heard of somebody that's like, like so what does that mean like, it it's means just, like yeah. um, there's I had less tissue between my brain and my skull. Whoa! Than, uh, it wasn't like crazy, and I didn't need to do anything insane. But yeah. it was just like be careful. It was like don't go on roller coasters in case there's some jerks. Wow. Yeah, especially because you didn't. Are you, you okay in your boxing class? You yeah, I'm okay now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, and my brain is almost fully developed, which is so exciting. <laughs> oh, <laughs> congrats! But um, I think one of the things that I was very nervous about is after that I got very scared of um. And this happens to me. I got a very, very mild concussion last summer. Okay. Um, but this was for like a ser- like a bed fell on my head. Oh. <laughs> I <had> just <laughs> moved in. My bedroom was leaning up against the wall, and I was sitting on the ground. And it just like smashed me. Um, but I think because of that, I suddenly get this overwhelming, like full physical fear of wow. If my brain gets damaged, yeah. I don't know what I'm doing with my life. Like yeah. I yeah. don't know oh where God. to go from there. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the only. Because it's such a good brain. It. No, <laughs> that's very nice of you. <laughs> um, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's who I was in high yeah, school. What I, what, what I, the thing that you said that was really interesting to me is that you, you know, you said that you're very sure of yourself, and like mm. you didn't mean that in like a pompous way. Like you're just, yeah, you I mean, just know who you are. Like you, you're very self-assured, and that makes sense. Like a lot of for me personally, like it's in moments where I feel very self-confident. Mm-hmm. That's when I like I have fewer negative thoughts because it just I just know who I am, mm-hmm. and so. It makes a lot of sense to me, like where a lot of your optimism and positivity comes from is like rooted in this source of like this self-assuredness and who you are and like what your identity is. That's so nice of you. Yeah, I think a lot of my I think I'm happy because I do a lot of stuff I really like and I also don't do a lot of stuff I don't like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think in your 20s, everyone tells you these are things you should be doing. Yeah. Uh, and these are things that are supposed to be fun if for somebody in their 20s. Right. And I'm always like, no, none of those things are fun for me, so I'm not going to do it. Right. Um, wow. And if I were doing those things, I would be very unhappy. Wow. Um, you know what I mean? What, like are you, I yeah. what, what things are you talking about? I feel like I there's a thing of like you should... Uh, go out and you should party a lot and yeah. you should go to clubs and you should right. try lots of drugs and you should I sleep around a ton f- yeah. and all these things where I'm like that is awesome if you genuinely love it but because I don't like I don't enjoy a, like most of that yeah um, I don't I'm even like, drink I don't and to. I fucking still do all those things and I hate it wait so <laughs> don't, don't do it if you don't want it Brian yeah. Brian if you like it you should but you don't have can to can you imagine Brian at the club just like angrily just like <laughs> <laughs> he's like pissed <laughs> off doing the robot twerking yeah <laughs> I fucking hate this. Yeah. Just like popping <laughs> bottles, like <laughs> he's popping bottles for other people. Yeah, here yeah. you go, drink Revenge it. Pours. Okay, so yeah. you. No, that's uh, so when you went off to college, then yeah, did you? Uh, <laughs> Did you know that you wanted to be a comedy writer? I think so. I think I, well, I knew that I wanted to be a bunch of different things. and I just didn't know which one I wanted to be, if Mm. that makes sense. So I was like, I definitely want to do comedy and I think I want to be a comedy writer. But I also was really interested in like politics and speech writing. Mm. Um, And also like math was weirdly on the table too. And so I was trying to just figure out which one I wanted. Um, But I think I knew the one that I liked most was comedy writing. Right. Yeah. You know, I I studied, 
I was a pre-med and undergrad and a, a large part of that I was motivated by this sense of obligation like mm-hmm. I had to be a dutiful Asian son yeah. and you know when I started doing more comedy open mics and investing more time into comedy I did feel a little bit of guilt yeah mm. especially stemmed like cultural factors played a part in that where yeah. like my parents did sacrifice so much for me and they came to this country like it almost felt a little bit self-indulgent that yeah, I was yeah, yeah. Like partaking in this risky career choice yeah, totally. and it's steeped in the way my parents raised me which is how I would define as like you know kind of more on the stricter it, it's just like when you think of Asian parents that's what my parents are yeah right. and I was wondering if you you know you said that you were in, you had this interest in comedy like did it, was there any did you have any of those feelings at all like um, you're like why am I like because there's not a lot Admittedly, like, there yeah, aren't feelings. a lot of Asians who pursue comedy, right? especially in college. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, I guess, like, did you have those feelings that are stereotypical? Like, you're going to let down your Asian parents if you do something like this, sort of. I honestly didn't. And I mm-hmm. think there were a lot of factors involved because I've talked about this with a bunch of my um, other Asian friends who do comedy. And yeah. I, I think part of it is that I'm from, I grew up in the Bay Area. And so yeah. I just saw a lot of Asian Americans doing all sorts of things. Um, and so it didn't feel that insane to be doing comedy, even though I didn't see many Asian comedians, if that makes sense. Yeah. Right. Um, I don't know. I think my, I didn't have the vocabulary for it back then. And I don't think I understood it. But I think I can now put it to words like in the present day, which is that the thing that you're describing about your parents obviously makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And I think a lot of Asian families, the culture is different in that the end goal is family. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I think in America, the end goal is yourself. Individual, um, yeah. And it's very much about like pulling yourself up by your bootstraps. And I think my parents, when they immigrated to the U.S., were very aware of that. Mm. Um, and one of the reasons they came here was for their kids to do weird shit. You know what I mean? Oh, awesome. And so, like, my brother also, my brother, like, dropped out of college and is now, like, a videographer for sports teams and stuff. Mm -hmm. And stuff that's, like, not a traditional job by any means. Right. Um, But I think they were just sort of like, yeah, no, this is, like, a place where you can do that. That was the lure. Yeah, I think that was one of the things that brought them here. Yeah. Are your parents creative? My, are they creatives? My parents, I mean, for in their hobbies, yes, mm-hmm. not job-wise, right. but mm. I have like aunts and uncles who do creative stuff. Right. And so I think it wasn't out of the blue to become a writer or become a comedy writer. Or something like that. Right. So a large part of why they came here was to, for you to have the opportunity to do whatever you want, literally. Yeah, I think so. And so when you when you were like, oh, I'm pursuing this and this makes me happy, they're like, perfect. That's exactly what we wanted. Yeah, for I think you. they were yeah. genuinely so awesome. thrilled to know that I found I had found something. So yeah. in their minds, that's like the scariest thing is to not know what you want to do with your life. That's amazing. Um, Cause, yeah, yeah, because like being a parent right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like that's and we've talked about this on the podcast. That's like all I want yeah. for me now, and like. To the point where the other day I was talking to another parent and they were talking about like schools and how hard it is for kids to get in schools in New York. And I was like, I don't care about academics. Yeah. <laughs> <I> literally <laughs> said that. Yeah. And they were like, what? I was like, I just don't. Like, is that bad? Like, <laughs> no, I think it's fine. <laughs> I just want him to like, like what he's doing. Right. And right. like, so as a parent, I'm like, why, why would you want anything else for your kid yeah. besides them finding the thing that they're passionate about? Yeah, you know and I, mean? I think like, it's also being happy. 100% that's true. I think if you like something genuinely, you're naturally going to work very hard at it. Yeah. yeah. And so then as long as your kid finds it, you're like, great, I don't have to worry anymore because I know they're going to be working really hard at this thing they genuinely love. Yeah. Oh my God, what, a, like, what mean, a great way to look at stuff. It's. I think it's rooted in a lot of fear though because like my parents very much mm. off they pushed yeah uh, my sister and me to pursue careers in you know finance or law or medicine yeah. and like they understand that i enjoy comedy and they're happy for me but i think yeah. it's just a lot of fear that yeah, if yeah, it yeah. doesn't like it's a very high risk high reward career path 100%. and they're just it's out of love like they're very afraid that if i were to fail like you know, maybe if you just pursue medicine where it's much more stable, yeah. you might not, not obtain that 100% happiness, yeah. but they've lived they've lived enough. They have enough experience where they're like, you might not get the 100% happiness, but as a doctor, you might get that 70% happiness. Yeah, and, and it's more say, stable. I think a lot of times, <clears throat> excuse me, you're uh, taught to 
value stableness over happiness because happiness yeah. feels very much like a fleeting right thing yeah. um so true yeah and it is I, fleeting it is fleeting that's <laughs> it's true fleeting. Yeah. I'm, I'm not i was happy at the beginning of the episode and where did that go you've made the wrong choice in life brian you're spiraling <laughs> i'm not spiraling <laughs> I'm, I'm Brian's no no it's, i just think it's really interesting because it sounds like your parents they're, they're very different from my parents and like you said that they they recognize the difference between uh, you know, East Asian values systems where it's all about family and Western American value system where it's about yourself, individualism. Right. I mean, I will say we're not, they're, they're not super, they were born and raised in Korea. So I think they, we are a very Korean family and yeah. like every holiday I go home and like, it, like, I don't know how to explain it, but I think they understand that my brother and I are very Americanized. Mm. Yeah. Um, and so it's almost just like an understanding of, hey, you're going to go about things differently. Like when I graduated from college, they were like, oh, she's probably not moving back home. Whereas in Korea, you live at home until you get married. Right. And sometimes yeah. you move in with your spouse to your parents' home. I mean, like, yeah, yeah. Right. And so I think um, that is like, there are certain differences where they get it and certain times where their expectations are pretty different like mm-hmm. my brother and i were talking about this where like the idea of putting our parents in a senior home is insane to us yeah. that's yeah. like and when white people do it we're often sort of like what are you doing like yeah. that's you're just what um and uh we talked with her mom about it because my parents right now take a lot of time out of their lives taking care of their parents and that's mm-hmm. very yes. much a given thing yeah um and danny and i were like great we have to figure out what their expectations are and we have to make sure to match that mm. um even if it's not what anyone else in our life is doing right now if that makes right. sense yeah. yeah yeah um like i'm i imagine 20 years down the line if my mom is ill i'll be like hey you should move in with me mm-hmm. um and i don't know how common that sort of like triple intergenerational family structure would be in a, like a classic quote-unquote american household yeah, right totally yeah. that is something i have uh considered more yeah in my dating life where it, it, yeah i'm like you where if i when i do get older and yeah. let's say my parents become ill i very much want them i will extend an invitation to take care of them in my home for sure but maybe i'm dating someone who isn't korean or isn't familiar mm. with that like yeah. i'm sure that will become a conversation that yeah. needs to be had I, I feel how I feel about it is that I don't I don't know why it's making me emotional, but <laughs> I feel like um, this is so fucking embarrassing. No, it's, it's not, not embarrassing. embarrassing. Yeah. I'm not embarrassed by emotions. I how I feel about it is like no matter what. I'm going to take care of. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Like, yeah. yeah. I'm just gonna be like, yeah, I'll be fucking broken. Whatever. Yeah. Live in the wherever. Yeah. 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 The garbage. That's but like I, I like just have to do it. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'm okay now. <laughs> no, that's good. That's I think that's yeah, such yeah. a. But it's like it is yeah. like how you're raised. There's something yeah. where it's like there's no question. There's I'm like, no what question. What the fuck are you talking about? There's of less of a or whatever. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a, such a given, mm-hmm. and it also there isn't really a space between your family members and you in the way that I think there are in other yeah families There's like no yeah when i go back to korea i like you know like yongdon, the idea of like uh-huh, giving uh-huh. my and yeah. so when you're an adult you give it to the older people i give it to like various extended like my aunt and uncle and my Whoa. grandparents and i feel like that's like a thing where if i mention that to a white person they'd be like the fuck and i'm like yeah. well they did that to me and my brother when i was growing up so now yeah. it's just like for sure you got to do that yeah yeah oh that's it's amazing like so much more than it is i don't know and it's hard to explain to my friends where i'm like yeah, if my aunt is sick, I would go and take care of her. And they're like, doesn't she have a son? Like, I'm like, <laughs> yeah. well, yeah, but I don't, it words, it's like a, it, for, at least from my experience, from my personal experience, I feel like Asian families, especially Korean families, are so much more in, in each other's business yeah. for yeah. better or for worse. And yeah. that's, ah, that's so boundary? awesome. Yeah, that I'm like so happy for you in, in a little bit. Not jealous, like jealous in a good way, because yeah. <laughs> that's like that, that, no, that like that's like an ambition of mine. Like I'm just yeah. not in a place in my career yet where I have enough discretionary income to like give oh, that's allowance totally, yeah, yeah. or like yonkdon to people. I didn't but that mean is like that a, a goal. weird way. No, yeah. no, 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 no but, but that is like a goal yeah. of mine where I'm like I so bad I can't like that's how I know I've made it when yeah. I can like hand out like yeah. allowances to my parents yeah. and like extended family members. But you like know? to that, I just want to say like the yonkdon thing. Like that's not like. It's not like a crazy amount. It's just like for the gesture mostly, right? Or would you say? I think sure. so. Yeah. I feel like, I mean, I don't know. So when I, I think there are sometimes it, if uh, there's any time you have to cover an expense, mm-hmm. um, there's sort of an unspoken rule of whoever is currently making the most money in our 
extended family should sure. just be like hey it's on me and i got this yeah, yeah. so maybe this is weird to say i make m- currently my parents don't make very much money and mm-hmm, my mom had mm-hmm. to stop working because of like various illnesses a few years ago yeah mm-hmm. um and so now that i'm working i was like hey i'm not married and i don't have any kids yeah i like live with two roommates in a small brooklyn apartment i'm not yeah. currently using a lot of money yeah. so i will cover like my parents medical expenses sort of right, a thing right. um and so because i'm doing that and then i give them the yongdon i don't feel compelled to give them an insane amount yeah yeah but um yeah yeah i mean i think it's a mix of gesture and a mix of like genuinely i'm like i might as well i'm not doing anything with it that's That's what's great about being a single mom yeah so no one expects me to pay for shit that's like i'm struggling (laughs) bitch i'm so broke you are you have a kid yeah 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 (laughs) and so like my family is like if i had a kid i also apply pressure no that's that makes a lot of sense that yeah that's so amazing i mean it sounds like you're very happy to do those things because like giving Yongdon or like handling the expenses as in that sense, it is like a very Asian thing. Right. Like, yeah. And sometimes those instances I find I can come into conflict like as an American person mm-hmm. where I when I begin to question like I'm, I was raised in America. Like why am I engaging in this behavior that's yeah. not like I don't know. So I'm wondering like if do you. Is it just come naturally to you or do you have, do you like compartmentalize it and you kind of do an assessment of like, well, I am like, I have this money, so I'm going to engage in this Asian practice. That's a great question. I mean, I think part of it is that I can't, um, I don't know if I'm able to objectively look at the situation. I think when I was growing up, my aunt, my mom's older sister was financially much better off than my parents. Sure. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of, I think it went back and forth because for a while, her son and my cousin lived with us growing up and so my parents mm. essentially raised him for like four years, I want to say. Yeah. And then he went back to live with them. And so this sort of give and take is very normal to the point where when I was in high school, my yeah. aunt would then pay for a lot of things for my brother and me and she mm-hmm. was she and her husband were doing very well. And so like when I went on a college tour, she like flew from Korea to take me to college. Like that sort right. of thing where yeah. I feel like it's never compartmentalize in terms of now i have to do something it's like oh yeah, yeah no yeah. no no. It's i've also received a lot exactly yeah, yeah. it's not very t- well i feel like in asian families and korean families like mine there's yeah. so much that we're just constantly doing for each other yeah 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 that it doesn't become a tit for a tat right it's exactly like, it's yeah, hard like, to you can't really keep tallies on it yeah. at all yeah and like yeah. my when i was a when i was a child my cousin lived with us for years I yeah just remember that. it was just like nobody owed that's a anybody very normal anything thing. yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like mm. lived with us yeah and then you know like and then i would just live at my aunt's house in the summer yeah sometimes right. like oh, and it just 100 yeah, yeah and nobody like thinks anything of it no i i really i also think there are a lot of times um that we're very lucky in being bicultural people mm-hmm. like all three of us is that we get to see two different cultures and sort of bring the lens of one to the other yeah. not in a weird creepy way but in just terms of like oh now i can analyze which parts of this i genuinely like and yeah. which parts i don't mm-hmm. um and that sort of large family being your whole unit is yeah. something I genuinely really like okay. and I want to keep like that. It. Yeah. Yeah. Man, you know, some, some of the unhappinesses that I experience are a side effect of that thing mm-hmm. where I recognize a lot of the sacrifices that my immediate family and an extended family have made for me. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I like so badly, like the Asian inside of me is like, I just so badly want to be able to repay that forward yeah, yeah and like i'm just not there yet and so uh, then yeah. i like feel like inadequate in some ways and it's like an expectation sort of thing right. where i'm not meeting that mm, yeah i know what you mean i yeah. feel like that a lot i mean i fall on the thing that i'm a single mom because i'm like <laughs> 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 but yeah there is uh yeah i guess there is like that sort of feeling of like guilt and and like you need to repay something, but maybe that's like I don't know. Maybe they're they don't even expect it. I think yeah. yeah. I think you're maybe I they're know. just waiting for you to figure it out. I, I feel like there isn't really a um kind of like you were saying you can't do tit for tat at all. I think yeah, your parents yeah. are never like I've given you like this many years of my life, and this yeah, much yeah, money. Yeah. It's now your turn to do anything. Yeah. I think it would mostly just be heartbreaking if they thought you had the ability and weren't doing. That would be mm, like different. messed up. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. But um. But I have also met people like Korean people mm-hmm. that their parents absolutely say something like why don't you do this for me now? Or they're like oh, wow. wanting something in return. So there are like different, obviously it's like Korean people are all different people. They sure. all react a different way. They act differently towards their children. Some people don't say things like that. My mm-hmm. parents don't really, I feel guilt a lot of times about not helping my parents, but they don't, they've never said that. And I yeah. talked to my mom about it and I, I was like thinking that she was like applying some sort of 
pressure on me like subconsciously but she was like no i never i don't expect that you know yeah, what i mean so it might so nice you talk to her about it yeah, yeah so it might be in your you don't know if it's like in your head and then also some yeah. but then there are other korean people that will literally be like i need you to give me money <laughs> yeah child yeah. that's wild yeah i'm so tired right because yeah. I, so. I do i do experience and it has been more explicit where it'll be like, oh, we've done this for you, so you oh. should do... Like, there's that expectation is verbalized. Your parents? Mm. Uh, sometimes, yeah. yeah. And, like, that's when I find myself where, like, leaning into the American side of me where I'm like, gosh, like, it would be so much easier if I wasn't, like, bicultural in the sense that where we're, like, on the same page where mm-hmm. we're very individualistic and, like, yeah. there's nothing owed to anyone. There's no family unit. Like, yeah. my decisions, like, right. my life, like, my autonomy there's no it's just me you know yeah yeah those those bonds are really difficult to process yeah you know like the feeling of like guilt if someone's giving you more i don't know i have a hard time with that too yeah and it also probably feels like um i imagine the reason you feel guilty is just is mostly because you love them so much and you're like very grateful to them yeah um and it i often feel like especially and i feel this way especially in like romantic relationships if i really really love someone and i'm sort of like oh how do i express this to them so that they are able to understand that you know because mm-hmm. yeah. then it's like oh if i if it doesn't actually get across to them it'll it won't be doing anything good right does mm-hmm. that make sense yeah and i think it's harder for your parents because they've also tangibly given you so much mm-hmm. that yeah. you're like oh i sh- have to return the gesture in the exact same way mm. for it to be a complete transaction where they know i love them intensely <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah wait i'm sorry i'm kind of lost in the romantic relationships thing like you feel yeah. like you have to well i feel like if i really like someone i have to s- sort of regularly tell them and i don't know if it's mm. because people expect that or if i'm somebody who expects that when i'm in a, in a relationship if i really love someone and then i don't express it in any way like physically or verbally mm-hmm. um i feel like the other person could get very unsure mm. you know mm-hmm. like even if i'm friends with someone and we don't see we you know if they like ignore my texts for let's say like a month i'd be like what the fuck even if yeah. they're <laughs> feeling all the right feelings mm-hmm. um and so yeah 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 mm. Mm, that's a that's a, that's a good point that's yeah. interesting I'm, that is a good I, point. I'm kind of yeah. i do that now but again for most of my 20s i was not very uh, in touch with my emotions nor was i very self-assured in who i was as a person yeah so even when i was in like a relationship I, I would it would be difficult for me to express that affection because mm, it would hard. feel it would yeah, feel like hard. too much or it's yeah, like well we're yeah. like dating so obviously it's like scary. I like you yes. so why do I need to like say scary. it on top of that <laughs> yeah. yeah well it kind of ties into yeah. what you were saying earlier about how you were just now being comfortable enough to you know really like have deeper bonds with your friends yeah and being like I'm sad and like showing someone your sadness and stuff yeah yuck so hard <laughs> right ew I just got so uncomfortable no you seem like a very emotionally open person though I, I, I think I am yeah, I, that's you know great. I'm doing this thing now where I'm like trying to sort of like curb it a little i okay. not i don't know if i'm that's what i'm doing but like i'm trying to like keep it in check and trying to keep it i don't know i don't know what i'm doing i'm very lost yeah no <laughs> that, we are all Wait, i want to ask yeah 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 okay so i cut back to this positive thing so you have a very positive outlook it sounds like it's very natural it comes very natural to you you're very self-confident um are your parents like that or is your family like that yeah uh I think they're very positive people, especially my mom's side of the family I'm very close to. Uh-huh. Um, a lot of people are very funny. Mm-hmm. And so it feels just like a sort of jolly group of people, if right. that makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think we have particularly negative people. I'm trying to, I'm like rolling through the Rolodex of people <laughs> in my family. <laughs> yeah. Um, my mom is very positive, which I think has been the biggest influence because she and I are very, very close. Yeah. Right. Um, and because the person, I talked to her so much, I th- imagine if she were very cynical, mm-hmm. that would naturally, I would also be that way too. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it was pretty great. My dad was here. He visited New York. This was, this was last weekend. Oh, oh my whoa. God, this was a week ago. That was his first time ever in New York. What? Whoa. Yeah, he had never been here before, and it was so exciting, and he was here for two and a half days. Uh-huh. Um, and it was 
delightful because my dad is very easily delighted by things. Yeah. And yeah. so we were walking around and he'd be like, whoa, that building is tall. And I'd be like, yeah. And then oh, like that's, that's sort of so thing. Sweet. We went to the that's very so top sweet. of the Statue of Liberty. We did like. Oh, that's so fun. It I've was never really done fun. that. Oh, it was horrifying. That's oh, actually not really? <laughs> I am scared of heights. Oh, yikes. And in my mind, I was like, oh, it's a big statue. Yeah. If I'm on, if I'm on like the top level of an apartment, I'm not scared. Yeah. And so I was like, this should be fine. And I yeah. got to the top. It's so tiny. <gasps> also, <gasps> it sways the tiniest bit. Oh yeah. I truly, I was like, I'm going to die. I got to the top and I couldn't look out the window. Oh God. So I went up for no reason that I just had to go <laughs> off the window. Oh I was just like standing in the elevator. Like that's great. There's no elevator. What? Yeah. It was steps. And I was so that scared to stand up yeah. that I was sitting and, does this make sense? I was sort of like inching my way up. Oh my god! The whole statue. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. It was. I mean, did your awful. dad like it though? My dad loved it. Your dad was living. He was yeah. like, yes. You see, just the way you describe this story with your dad and your parents yeah. it's just like so tender and it's so sweet that's and yeah. so nice i was gonna it's shit my pants i was so scared <laughs> 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 um uh-huh. but you know like it's you your parents seem like very very positive people and this is something that really struck me uh is i think i heard you on a podcast I may, it might have been asian not asian yeah. or it was in an interview somewhere yeah. but when you're when you told your parents that you had these ambitions to become a comedy writer right. like especially for late night tv you said that your parents then started to watch a lot of late night television to like yeah. better understand like what like what your ambitions were or like why you liked this thing so much yeah when i was in high school i started getting very into comedy writing and i it would start off with like the office and the, the daily show yeah mm-hmm. um and i was doing like improv and stuff and so my parents were like well we've no idea what this is um, because right. they were raised in Korea and also even in Korea, I think didn't watch much television, so they didn't mm. really know what it meant to be a comedian and also oh, totally. what it meant to be a comedy. Like writer. over the, over the Christmas break, I explained to my parents like what a podcast is. Yeah, and I was yeah. Just like, I'm like kind of embarrassed that I'm having to explain this because yeah. what this is so dumb. Like what is uh-huh. podcasting? Right, right. <laughs> um, Isn't that dumb. How, How dare you, you great Brian? Job. <laughs> How dare you? This is my dream. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, but I, I remember telling my parents, like, oh, I want to be, I think I want to write for TV. And my mom was like, okay, well, what TV shows do you like? Like, what oh. is this world that you are excited about? And so my mom started watching, like, The Office and Perks and Rec. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, I think when I got very into political satire, she started watching, like, The Daily Show. And yeah. back then it was, like, The Colbert Report and things like that. Yeah. Um, which was very exciting. Did she think God, it was funny? So I think she had to learn her way into realizing what, how, why it was funny because mm. I remember in the beginning especially something like The Office she mm-hmm. was like this just makes me sad <laughs> I was like yeah, that's very fair <laughs> um, but I promise it's also very funny once you why get used to that so world why is the boss so stupid yeah why is the boss so stupid why is everyone why bad is the at their job so drab? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's true um, and then like my mom loves Parks and Rec and so oh, okay. maybe it's because she got to that after The Office where she's like maybe more understanding of like mockumentaries mm. and stuff Yeah. yeah. Um, and then my parents because I also was very into British comedy, still in, but like especially in high school, uh, that was one thing where they were like, "We don't get this at all." <laughs> like, we, right. the it's very dry. accent is hard. Yeah. The sense of humor is like also different from American. It was just right. like too many steps to get to. Yeah, yeah I, I feel I like think my mom so has such sweet. a hard. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was gonna say my mom has a really hard time with the British accent. Yeah, you know, because like she, you know, obviously learned English well into her twenties. So yeah, yeah, that's. And then I forget, so we'll be watching like a British show, and she's like, "I, what are they stop? What are they? What languages?" It's this? really hard. <laughs> I also feel like my um, my mom now gets like Stephen Fry. She'll be like, mm-hmm. "I love Stephen Fry," mm-hmm. oh. um, but he has a very. I think standard London accent, yeah. and you know, if you go anywhere else in England, the accent changes oh, yeah, so yeah, much. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's when she's like, drastically. Oh, I truly, I don't know what's going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's which even is hard for really me fair. sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Like, it's hard, but I just think it's so sweet that your parents like. There's no, there's no judgment, value judgment imparted on your comedy ambitions. It's right. just we don't get this. So let's just try and understand it. Like, w- tell us what you watch. Like, we're gonna do our best to better understand who you are because. Yeah. You know, my parents, they're fully supportive now, but it definitely took some time for them to embrace my comedy ambitions. I think like when I first told my dad I wanted to be a comedian, it was met with a lot of uh, it was met with a lot of negativity Mm. because 
my dad said like what like we we sacrifice so much to 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 like raise you in this country like why are you choosing to do something that is so low class like mm-hmm. comedy Ooh. yeah mm-hmm. like for him it's like a classist thing mm. and i think part of it could just be that you know in korean like he he was raised in korea so like korean comedy it's different now but in mm-hmm. the early days like it was very vaudevillian and it's sure. like, she's like you're like a court jester like exploding things on top of your head yeah, yeah. and i had to like really sit him down like no 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 like i like it because there's just like it's so there's like so many intelligent people and like you mm-hmm. could the function there's so many functions to comedy yeah. and like you it, like it's more uh yeah like it's it's a lot more intelligent than you're giving it credit for mm-hmm. and like i think it was it wasn't until he started seeing on television like Stephen Colbert or like John Stewart and like these political uh like these comedic political comedians would then show up on like his news feed a lot mm-hmm. and he's like oh okay now I get it like right. this isn't like this quote-unquote low-class thing in right. America mm-hmm. but yeah like just that in and of itself I'm like I it was met with like a negative judgment and so then that I'm like then I started to question like why am I doing this thing then you know yeah whereas like in your experience there's no i feel like there was no obstacle in that sense where yeah you're like you know what my parents are all for this i'm for this like full steam ahead let's fucking do it i think i think that's true Mm -hmm. although i will say um i imagine if my parents had been like we're disappointed in you i i'm sure that would have taken an emotional toll on me Mm. yeah Um, but i'm sure you still would have kept doing it i think i i think i would have um but it would have been i wouldn't have felt I don't know. I feel like I rely on my parents so much yeah. mm-hmm. for a lot of things. And my mom, my mom is a therapist. And so I think emotionally, if I'm feeling stuff like I reach out to her a lot and we talk through mm. a lot of shit. Yeah. And I imagine if she had been like, this is bad. Like I'm upset yeah. and I'm disappointed and this is not what you should be doing. I, that would have really wrecked me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, wait, your mom is a therapist. Yeah. I mean, she's not, she's not practicing anymore, but she, yeah. What's like psychology Cause I was stuff. having a conversation with my friend uh-huh. and her sister's a therapist. They're both, they're also Korean. They live in California. And she said that her sister is like working towards trying to like build a community of like, POC therapists. Yeah, that's because awesome. there's such a like small number of them and yes. it's hard for patients who are POC to have to constantly rely on like white therapists. Yeah, it's really like, frustrating. Yeah, because yeah. there's so many issues that people of color in America go through mm-hmm. that you sometimes don't feel comfortable talking to a white person about yeah and so, i also like that's really interesting that your mom yeah you know I'm like my therapist is white great. is that bad no it's, no, not, it's bad. not bad <laughs> mine is also but like yeah. it's not bad and like you know it's whatever but it's interesting because yeah, yeah, yeah. like what does that mean right well i remember right, when i went to i had a white therapist in college and uh-huh. um i just realized at one point i was like i'm spending so much of my time explaining to her situations right you know wow. and that and situations yeah. that i feel very deeply in my bones that i can't i'm like any any other person of color yeah. would immediately be like oh like, i yep. know what it's like being the one person of color in the room yeah, yeah. And i'd be like you know how that thing like that makes me anxious and she'd be like oh why does that make you anxious and i'm like fuck you yeah. <laughs> i'm not here to relive how annoying so that is yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that's, so yeah i just wanted like a bottom line where we just got each other more quickly yeah almost yeah. in an effort just to be less annoying yeah save time truly yeah my therapist (laughs) is white but she definitely understands she's so like she gets it yeah um but yeah that is so weird you know like when you say something you're like you know when this happens and like any like person of color is like yep yes like yep yeah (laughs) (laughs) i don't have to explain shit yeah and it's so validating even just to hear somebody yeah yeah nod yeah and when when, when they're like what do you mean you're like oh yeah 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 (laughs) Yeah. anyway that's off topic but i just wanted to that's great that that's great that your That's mom's a therapist. Amazing. Oh, yeah. yeah. I loved yeah. a Korean mom therapist. Yeah. I don't think I've ever <laughs> met a Korean mom therapist. Um, that must have been more rare. I, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. You guys should hang out with her. She's fun. Yeah. We need some we need some positive <laughs> validation. <laughs> so I just wanted to say really quick, my I have like a family that's like kind of negative. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. they're my mom especially was like everything she says is like very cynical mm-hmm. and negative, but it's very funny. And I feel like my a lot of my family, my Korean family, it, like uh, acts in that way where yeah. everything that they say is kind of like this sort of mean thing. Yeah. That's like wrapped up in a funny package. Yeah. Like, you know, when they see me, they'll be like, oh, you look like shit, blah, blah, blah. But then they'll make it into a joke and then it's funny. And then I'm like, my feelings are hurt. Yeah. But, oh, but yes. also that that was pretty funny. That was a roast. <laughs> it's like they're yeah. kind of roasty. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think um, that's true for my family also. Oh, we okay. roast 
constantly and that's sort of how you show affection yeah yeah Yeah. and i think it is a big part of korean culture but my mom especially is incredibly cynical to the point where she is like sort of like distrusting of people and her whole thing is that the negative outlook Mm -hmm. is the objective truth do you know what i mean and people who are being positive are sort of lying to themselves yes i I grew up thinking that way and just being like oh, everyone's bullshitting, pretending that they're happy, whatever. And Mm -hmm. then I, you know, gradually through therapy and like being kind of away from my family, realized that, you know, there is no objective truth to how you see the world. Mm -hmm. Your perspective is the truth. And being positive, that changes your perspective. And that is the truth in the way that you see it. Yeah. Because there is no objective like everyone's a piece of shit. And if you're acting like you're having a good time, you're lying. That's not that's not an objective truth. Right. And it took me a long time to realize it's all like about perspective. Yeah. And when I see people that are like positive where I think I was raised to think that it was like a weakness yeah. or like a bullshitty thing. Yeah. Now I see it because I, I'm struggling so hard to remain positive. Now I see it as this like massive strength mm-hmm. yeah. and i see it as something that's like intensely difficult oh and, for sure and so like when i see people like you i really respect it because i i know that it's like i know the difficulty in remaining or seeing things in that light do you know what i mean that it's, is cause, so kind of you that is, yeah i feel like you, p- me, perfect that is exactly because you took the be, words out of my mouth it's so the truth is not again i'm like there's no objective truth but the truth is i'm just kidding (laughs) (laughs) this is a subjective like this is what i'm thinking to be negative and to be cynical is actually very easy and comfortable it's very comfortable to be like yeah everything sucks i'm not gonna try you suck i suck it's such an easy sort of lazy way to like get out of stuff Mm -hmm. but it's like way more vulnerable and painful to be like no, I'm going to try to be positive. I'm going to see the good mm-hmm. constantly. You know yeah. what I mean? It's yeah. like that, like, you're like such a strength in it. Yeah. Totally. So I really respect it. It's I respect it and admire it so much. And, and yeah, I mean, even if we're, you know, the three of us, we're all comedians. I even feel those feelings within our industry mm-hmm. because yeah. the cynical there's just like a very popular style of comedy where it's very like just dripped in irony i don't i'm too cool for comedy like this is whatever like yeah it's like this anti-comedy thing Mm -hmm. where you know i i used to like that but now i just i'm repulsed by it because it's so you know what's actually hard is being really sincere Mm -hmm. writing jokes like for the sake of writing jokes and you sincerely you're like hey this is the thing i tried really fucking hard on i think it's really fucking funny yeah here it is like that's hard that's hard that's mm-hmm. hard or you know what i see a lot of when people um see other people in their field like in entertainment and they're like that sucks that sucks that sucks and i'm like doesn't suck man like it's just that it's like this weird competitive thing yeah and they're like oh this this person's not funny why are they i'm like they're actually funny yeah. and like you have like that mindset that negative mindset and it's holding you back yeah just be it's so hard to be like that person's funny and they're getting ahead and i feel jealous or you know like that's like it's hard for people to say it's yeah. way easier to be like everyone sucks and it is you know sorry i'm getting no no that's perfectly that's right it's, yeah but you it's know. hard for people to snap out of that mindset especially yeah. if you're raised in it like me i feel like yeah yeah that, that makes sense i also i feel like um emotions are very addicting mm. so no matter yeah. what emotion you're feeling if you feel that regularly for a while you can easily get glued to it yeah, yeah. um yeah and it's very hard to sort of pull yourself out of that i think yeah yeah totally yeah, yeah. Oh, that's I mean, a good point now that i'm like pulling myself out of it it's like it feels so volatile. Yes. Just yeah. Like everyone's like, it's so great. And then it's like, it's sad. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's like every three minutes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's rough. Yeah. No, it, yeah. It, it, that's such a good way of putting it. It's very addicting because, you know, there was a period in my life where I was like, adi- I was obsessed with how people perceive me. And I'm like, oh, like I gotta be, I gotta be cool. What is mm-hmm. it to be cool? And like, and that time I was like just shitting on everything. Like I was mm. uh, like, annoying person at a party where i'm like i'm too fucking cool for all of this like yeah. all of this sucks like fuck you like and it, but it's just like rooted in so much insecurity because i didn't even want to expose any real part of myself right for yeah. fear of scrutiny so yeah. you know what i'm just gonna protect myself and just shit on everything yeah and uh yeah i mean that's such a great point and yeah. you know Some it's security. to me you're someone who you're very much glued to positivity and optimism and 
I guess what I want to know is like for our listeners, like what is what is like the best for someone who's tr- like trying? They're like they can recognize it. Like, hey, I have these unhealthy thought patterns. Mm. What are some measures I can take to yeah. reframe my brain? Well, first of all, you go around just saying I love you to all the strangers. Yeah, which honestly really changes the way you look at the world. I think yeah. especially when you're walking down the street. Or, like, I do this sometimes if it's very late at night and I'm on the subway. Uh-huh. Um, and Because then I'll be, like, t- very scared. Often if I'm alone and it's, like, 1 a.m. or something. Yeah. But then if I'm, like, going around being, like, oh, I really love this person. And then I'm, like, oh, man, that person seems really tired. Like, that's awful. Yeah. Or, like, if I'm on a plane and I remember being very annoyed by, like, young babies crying. Sure. And then once I was, like, oh, I love this baby. I was, like, that fucking sucks. You're a baby. You have no idea what's going on. Yeah. And the mom who's taking care of the, the baby is probably, like, really stressed because her so stressed. baby is tired. And also everyone else is like acting like they hate her you know it was just like yeah. this thing where i was like oh great it changes the, almost it feels like you're putting a different filter on the world around yeah. you mm-hmm. um which i think is very i really like that i think sometimes when i get um very upset about the way the world seems to be going mm. um this is so dumb but i genuinely i go for a lot of walks like i that's mm-hmm. like my favorite mode of exercise um because it's not really exercise but um (laughs) when i got walking it's so calming to watch people follow street lights Mm. and like these laws and these these things where i'm like oh i'm sure you never question this like you could technically just keep driving and you could technically do whatever you want you could cut off people but when people are following traffic laws i'm like oh Mm. they understand they're like doing this out of respect to the other people around them. Mm. Um, and oh. that is a really, I really soothing. cling. It's so soothing. Soothing to see the lawfulness of the universe. Yeah, <laughs> it's truly, I think, seeing like lawful Young good. Angry. That's inherently, yeah. <laughs> we did, at work, we did one of those lawful good, lawful yeah. evil, and like chaotic evil turns for everybody at work. Um, oh, it was what's, very what's fun. yours? You were lawful good. Got, You're I, the most lawful that good. Is very, I got lawful, lawful good. good, and I in a friend group before i always thought of myself as chaotic good and my friends were like what no and i was like but i'm really fun and weird and they were like you were this is what my friend sammy said and i was like wow i can't really respond to this as he was like the stuff you do that you think is insane is not insane (laughs) the fact that you think that's insane shows how lawful you are (laughs) and i was like fuck you sure um because i think lawful good is often kind of boring but i I'm kind of boring which is fine i see a little chaos in you oh thank you right i want that it's a running thing in our podcast young me is like identifies like chaotic bottom and then i'm a lawful top (laughs) i'm i'm tming chaotic bottom i'm a i call myself the chaotic bottom or the chaotic street legend (laughs) how's it feel young me to be in a room with two lawful goods and tops i I love chaotic good people the good part is what bonds us (laughs) that's the lawful or the chaotic because i feel like i'm a chaotic good person yeah 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 you know i think chaotic good people are the best kind of people to have around yeah 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 spice up the party yeah truly that's great but also if shit goes down you know they're gonna be doing the right they're not gonna be you know bailing or doing anything yeah Yeah. i love how you find comfort in like the people being lawful like following traffic laws for me i'm like i like it when i see a baby bird eating another dead baby bird Yes, chaos. Yes, the circle of life. <laughs> the universe is all pulsing around me. <laughs> like that's like that's how I soothe my like that's dark so thoughts. <laughs> Blood sacrifice. I don't know what's wrong with me. No, um, that's amazing. That's wonderful. So before we wrap this up, I, this is really this, this is I'm now very curious, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. because after we finish this episode, like that's something that I'm going to try to exercise more. Is yeah. like just I, I love you like even if it's a stranger i love you yeah see the best how does that manifest in dating oh dating. that's a great question because young yeah. me and I, we talk about dating a lot and yeah. it's like because it's messy there's a lot of yeah, yeah stress yeah. and just like it throws your emotions and funny your, oh my god yeah. yeah your emotions go everywhere yeah. um when i have a crush on someone i it gets really intense uh okay. and i'm just like mom that is the person for me <laughs> <laughs> you, you become oh. pen badgley in you <laughs> Yes, sure. I believe this. Is, um, uh, I haven't yet seen you, but that sounded like an awesome reference. Um, yeah, I haven't yeah. seen you either. I am a bad comedian. No, no that's great. Um, yeah, I think something I do. Oh, and I've talked with Brian about this. I talked with him about it before in ANA show, I think, uh-huh. where or it was at, at Hack City, where if I like somebody, I'll just be like, hey, you're great. We should go on a date. And then they'll be like, oh, that's great. Yes or no. And then I'll go, oh, okay. And then obviously if they say no, I'm very sad about it. Yeah. But sure. I think... Um, I don't I don't mind asking people out and so if I yeah 
it's i mean the only times i wouldn't mind is if we were very close friends and i did that once before when i was very close friends with somebody and i was uh-huh. like i still think we should go for it um but if i don't if it feels like there's nothing to be lost and there isn't like a weird element to it of like dated somebody i know or you know anything like yeah. that then i'm just sort of like well let's let's just try it yeah <laughs> um and that feels like a quick and easy way to just be like great i'm either gonna do this and know not to get hung up on this person yeah or if not i'll just sort of mentally imagine what our future would be like together and get (laughs) way too attached too quickly and so yeah yeah. i love that because i feel like the 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 thing that bothers me about dating yeah yeah is the when people are not truthful or it's not clear yes so i I really much i'm very much right now in my life i'm like that too i'm like hey do you want to go on a date yeah do you like me don't fuck don't like mess around just say yes yeah. or no and if they're like if i read any sort of like weird like mysterious behavior i'm like this is i'm not gonna mess with yeah this. yeah this yeah is too confusing you're a busy lady you yeah. don't have time I for need that just yes or no let's yes. go yeah oh, that's, yeah. Awesome. that's great yeah but i'm not dating anyone right now Ooh, <laughs> nice. yeah so for our listeners slide into actually i don't know don't do that yeah slide into my dms honestly you have to slide into young me's dms and then if it's for me just have her vet you I and i trust I will, young me's judgment I'm, i will vet and then yeah. karen will ask you on a date if she has yeah. <laughs> if she has like obsessed over you I yeah will, i'll, send I'll your vet p- people for you too if okay. you want <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Send a, yeah to the other person right and, and i will vet you for oh karen. that's perfect i love um wingmanning people that's like my favorite thing so if you guys ever need a wingman i'm so here for you yeah truly i need a wingman oh my gosh it's the best yeah anyways uh i think that's our time guys yeah i mean (laughs) that was super fun and i'm like so ready to become a lawful good person now (laughs) (laughs) you are lawful good well even more lawful good yeah (laughs) um karen is there anything you want to plug for our listeners or where they can find you on social media um on social media i'm on twitter and instagram it's just my name but the handles have an extra e at the end so it's karen chi with three e's great yeah and young me where can our listeners find you um ym mayor on instagram and twitter and how about you brian uh you guys can find me on instagram and twitter at it's brian park and follow our podcast follow our podcast on instagram, instagram at feeling asian, asian podcast, podcast. I know we're, we just post funny Asian memes and all that good stuff. Yeah. And if you haven't already, please uh, like and subscribe to us on Spotify and iTunes and leave us five stars on iTunes. And yeah, we're here every Wednesday. So thanks for listening, guys. And we hope you enjoyed the episode. Thanks, Bye. Kara. Thank you. Bye. Bye.